but some men, you really be out here doing the most, don't you? I just feel like this year I've just heard so, 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 so many stories about unfaithful men. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Boss Babes Club podcast. I'm your host Riley and welcome to the final episode of 2021. Woo! Merry Christmas everyone and wishing you all a wonderful new year. I hope that this time of year is absolutely wonderful for you regardless of what you are doing. Um, but today I wanted to do a little bit of a fun reflection on the past 12 months and talk about 21 things I learned in 2021. So it's been a little while since I've jumped on the podcast and I think it's just been a little bit hectic with doing my Live Your Best Life six-week program, which actually finished up today that I'm filming this. It is Monday the 20th. And it's really sad to finally be saying goodbye to the wonderful clients that I had doing the program. It was so freaking fun, really cool to do it. And I cannot wait to do more coaching next year. So keep an eye out if you are keen to join me. But it has been a little bit crazy, but obviously I wanted to solely focus on my lovely ladies doing the program. It was such a wild ride. It was so crazy to work with some really cool chicks. So yeah, I cannot wait to see them flourish and just do amazing things in the new year. So I posted a couple of days ago on Instagram asking you guys what was a lesson that you all made in 2021. And so I thought that I would start off the podcast by reading them out and seeing if we can all relate on a couple of lessons that we learned this year. So first of all, men ain't shit. (laughs) Say less. Uh, The next one is believe in your bloody self. Ain't that the truth? I love that. Setting boundaries will protect your peace. Very true. Your own voice talking in your head negatively is still better than someone else's doing it. Wait, your own voice talking in your head negatively is still better than someone else's doing it. See, I don't agree with this. Sorry. (laughs) I just feel like if someone else is talking negatively about me in their head, that's their problem. But I'm not going to be talking negatively about myself because the only person that that is affecting is me. So I'd rather not. I'd rather leave that up to them because I don't care what they have to say. Um, if someone shows you who they are, believe them. I love this because I feel like so often we try and analyze why someone's acting a certain way and what like the game is. And honestly, sometimes it's better just to like save yourself all of that trouble and literally just realize that they are showing you who they are. So take it as that. To never apologize for doing what's right for you. Absolutely. I love that. If you're in a toxic workplace, quit. It's okay not to be okay. Absolutely. Walk away from any toxic situation that you're in. Not everyone returns the love and respect you give. So focus on yourself and the ones who do. I love that. And I think as well, sometimes we can really fixate on what we don't have or that one person who isn't giving us what we want or what we expect. 
And a lot of the times it's so important to acknowledge that and realize that that's what you're doing and actually take a step back and realize that you've got so many other amazing people in your, in your corner and in your circle that there's no point you kind of obsessing over this one person who isn't giving you all that they can. Boundaries are the highest form of self-love. Your podcast helped so much. Oh, thank you. And absolutely. There's a whole episode on boundaries if you want to go and listen to it. Um, but literally cannot agree more. Your biggest supporter could also be the one who wants to see you fail and not everyone is who they say they are. Very, very true. Keep an eye out for them snakes, as Nicki Minaj says. Uh, changing your mind about where you're going in life doesn't mean you failed. So true. And actually, uh, someone else said, you don't just have to tie yourself to one thing. You can do and be many things, which I kind of feel like these almost tie in a little bit together that it's okay to do more and not just be tied to one thing. Um, You can change your mind and that's completely okay. And that doesn't mean that you failed. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to be successful in something else. Still learning, but to appreciate what I have and who I am, stop comparing myself to others. Huge, huge lesson right there. Uh, You don't have to do it all. Amen. You do not need to do it all alone either. There is a big, powerful meaning to asking for help, and that is okay. That I need to help make myself better physically and mentally. Amazing. We love that. Some things really ain't that serious. Very true. Don't take life too seriously. Have a little bit more fun. Um, To love myself before loving someone else. A freaking men. Um, And things can change so quickly. Love your hardest and be yourself. Oh, I love that one. Very wholesome. So that was just a few of the responses that I got asking you what your lessons were for 2021. But wow, what a freaking wild ride this last year has been. I love these last few weeks of the year because obviously Christmas, if you know me, you know that I'm a little Christmas elf, but I also love this period of reflecting and looking back at, you know, videos and photos that you've gotten throughout the year and really kind of taking a step back and acknowledging how far you've come. You need to kind of give yourself that recognition and pat yourself on the back and you know, you got through this year. So if you can get through this year, there's literally nothing you cannot do. But yeah, this year has gone completely the opposite to what I expected it to, but it has brought, you know, so many amazing wins, so many amazing lessons, which obviously we'll be getting into in today's podcast. But yeah, kind of kind of scheduled to do like a little bit of a 2021 wrapped and talk about kind of what happened to me this year and all the good and bad. But I feel like I'm just keen to kind of get into these 21 things that I learned and perhaps you can kind of resonate with some of these lessons or perhaps these will be some last little last minute lessons that we can kind of fit into 2021 before we jump into 2022. So before we get into these 21 things, I wanted to suggest a little exercise that we all do. We can all do as the Boss Babes Club together or as members of the Boss Babes Club, we can all do together and do a letting go ceremony. So I actually wrapped up the Live Your Best Life program with suggesting to my gals that they give this a go. And I thought that it would be a really good idea to pass this on to all of the 
podcast listeners, because I think that this is something that we can all really benefit from. A lot of the time we're looking at, oh my God, you know, 2022 is going to be my year. I'm going to be doing so many things. I'm going to get all of this done. But can we also just take a moment to acknowledge and recognize what we are not going to be doing in 2022 and what we are not going to be letting through into the new year? So what a letting go ceremony is, is essentially you going to a place where you feel calm, you feel at peace, you feel like you can have that minute to yourself, give yourself an hour or two to really sit and reflect and look at all aspects of your life, career, financial, friendship, anything, and write yourself, sorry, write a letter to 2021, acknowledging what you will be letting go of with this year. And why it's called a ceremony is I essentially want this to be a very therapeutic, meditative experience for you. So that's why I'd really like you to go somewhere that you feel comfortable, you feel safe, brings you happiness, it brings, you know, positive emotions and write a letter to 2021. So dear 2021, this is what I will be leaving behind in you and not taking with me into 2022 and really give yourself that time to think, don't rush through it. Be patient and think about what you don't want to bring into the new year with you and then burn it, you know, rip it up, whatever you can do to kind of dispose of that letter and use it as almost like a form of meditation that as you are burning it and you're watching it burn away or you're watching, you know, the pieces rip up really feel like you're letting it go. And I promise you that you almost feel like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders because you know that you're not taking any of that negativity into the new year with you. And that could be people, that could be places, that could be situations, that could be negative self-talk, bad habits, whatever it is, let it go and leave it in this year. Okay, now let's get into 21 things I learned in 2021. Okay, straight off the bat, one of the biggest lessons I learned this year was get a coach when it comes to my health and fitness goals. I have always been in the gym. I have always been, you know, eating pretty healthy and feeling like I had a really good grasp on all things to do with fitness. But getting a coach and just, I think, really just helped me step up my game and helped me smash some serious goals in terms of my health and fitness journey. And so around the middle of this year, I started working with Miss Izzy Davis. She has been absolutely amazing. And I feel very confident in saying that I would not be where I am in terms of my health and fitness journey if it wasn't for her. I feel like just having a coach means that you walk into the gym, you know exactly what you're what you're going to do because, you know, Izzy has an app that I just go on when I'm at the gym. I know what I'm doing, but she's also there keeping me accountable, keeping me on track and also able to offer me education in an area that I'm not super confident in. So going into the gym, just doing whatever I felt like, not really pushing myself because I didn't have someone there kind of telling me what was the right thing to do. I wasn't achieving the goals that I am now. So If health and fitness isn't part of your goals, then obviously don't get a coach in that area. But there's pretty much a coach for every single thing that you want to achieve. So if you do have some serious goals this year, look for a mentor or a coach of someone who is experienced and knowledgeable in that field and get them to help you. 
Izzy has been incredible. So, so grateful for her. And it was a big lesson learning how much my fitness could be stepped up, having someone there to kind of cheer me on, but also keep me in line. Number two, boundaries are hard, but the best thing you can do for yourself. And obviously, if you've listened to my previous podcast on boundaries, then you will be a seasoned pro by now. But it was something that was also a big lesson for me to learn this year, not just preaching it, but also sticking to it and understanding that they it's not easy to do. And I think when we understand that if boundaries were easy to implement, then Everyone would have healthy relationships with themselves and with others, but unfortunately, that is just not the case. And it's about standing up for what you believe in, what you feel like you deserve, what you know that you are worthy of, and sticking to that for yourself and for others to understand kind of where your lines are. And something that I preached to my girls doing the Boss Babes program was choosing your hard, because we can say, oh, boundaries are too hard, like I just can't do it, but It's also really hard to stay in a situation where you don't feel like you can speak up and you don't feel like you're being respected. So what hard would you rather? Would you rather stick that out for months and months and months and get walked all over? Or would you rather have one tough conversation where you're going to feel a lot better once you've had that conversation because you know that you're respecting yourself and you're asking others to respect you also? It's hard when it means this you have to walk away from relationships or situations that perhaps you've had fun being a part of, but ultimately it's about respecting yourself and kind of sticking to your guns and sticking to those boundaries and being like, as much as I love and appreciate you, you don't treat me how I'm how I deserve to be treated, or you've upset me way too many times, or you've done this thing that is now unforgivable that I have to walk away from this situation. Number three, say yes to things more often. Now, obviously, this is a very, very generalized lesson, but I feel like it's one of those things that can apply to quite literally any part of your life. But I think being open to more opportunities allowed me, one, to have more fun, but to do things that I never thought that I would do. And for me this year, I left a full-time job, went out to you know, finish my studies. And along the way, I picked up a couple of other jobs and I've made new friends from it. I've made new memories and it has been so incredibly rewarding. And I think allowing yourself to be more open for things to happen to you, you're opening yourself up for positive things to happen and, and being more open to new experiences allows for more growth. Saying no is comfortable because it's keeping you in your safe place. So it's actually about putting yourself outside of your comfort zone, saying yes, and seeing what happens. Number four, soy is the devil's bean. (laughs) You may be thinking, Riley, you're so dramatic. No, I'm not. It quite literally is. I was a vegetarian for three to four years, I think, and was heavily relying on soy for, um, I guess, mock meats. You know, I was having uh, soy protein. I was having tofu. I was having soy milk, soy sauce. And a lot of the like fake chicken, fake bacon that I was having was also filled with soy in it as well. And early this year, a couple of my friends were like, Riley, you literally always have hormonal acne. Do you think that it could possibly be with the amount of soy that you have? And had never even really thought about it. But 
did a little bit of research and found that soy actually has a lot of hormones in it. So obviously it will unnaturally imbalance your natural hormones. So as soon as I went off the soy, I started eating fish again early this year and was honestly the best decision I made because my skin cleared up. I felt a lot better. And now I just try and avoid soy as much as I possibly can. Number five, not everyone's map of the world is the same as yours. This is huge, I think, when it comes to human interaction and understanding that not everyone is going to see a situation the same as yours. And also that not everyone's idea of being considerate or being respectful is always going to be the same as yours. And I think this is where having communication and speaking up for what you expect when it comes to different relationships is super, super important because we can't always get frustrated when someone acts a different way than we would in a situation because that is their map of the world. And it was a big lesson for me in terms of so many different relationships, taking a bit of a step back and trying to see it from their point of view. I was able to have a lot more empathy for people, but was also able to have better connections with people because it's almost selfish in a way to think that everyone kind of sees the world the same way that we do when everyone has been through completely different things. They were brought up differently. They were told, you know, different things were right and wrong. So taking a step back and working with people to understand their map of the world sometimes allows you to have better communication, grow your relationship and have more empathy empathy for that person. Number six was make your own decisions about people. It's very, very easy to fall in the trap of listening to gossip or listening to people's opinions about others. But I think really being that person that's like, well, actually, I'm going to decide how I feel about them and how I'm going to react to, you know, their actions and taking that accountability and that responsibility into your own hands. It, I think it comes down to independence and not being that person that follows the crowd and I'm not saying be one of those people that's like, well, they haven't hurt me, so I'm not going to end the friendship with them, but about being like, okay, well, I can see it from their point of view and I can see it from your point of view. And for me, I you know, can understand both. And for me, it's not a deal breaker in a friendship. So I am going to decide who I keep in my circle and not rely on others to kind of make that decision for you. Number seven, things can still hurt you no matter how long ago it was. Now, a couple of months ago, I would say maybe around August, September, I think, I had a couple of weeks of a really rough patch. I went through, yeah, just a bit of a dark phase where I felt like I was crying all the time. I really didn't want to get out of bed and I had a lot of sadness and heavy emotions wash over me and it was a really, really hard period where I felt like I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of clarity about what I wanted, where I wanted to go and how I was feeling and it was very, very hard for me. It was a really tough time and I'm very thankful that it only lasted a few months for me because obviously I know that, you know, people that deal with um, sadness and things like that can be, 
you know, years long. And so I'm definitely not, you know, sitting here and, and, and playing a victim or anything like that. I definitely put in the work to pull myself out of that. Journaling was a huge thing for me, but I think I was almost confused by the emotions that I was having and what I was feeling upset about because it happened to me so long ago. And I thought that I was kind of over it. And, you know, why am I getting upset about this now when it's never affected me this way before? And it came down to, I guess, me being pretty kind to myself and understanding that even if it was, you know, 10 years ago or 10 months ago, I'm still allowed to feel pain and different things may trigger me and that that is okay. And yeah, being just being a little bit kinder to myself and kind of letting myself feel those emotions, but understanding that there was so much more to life and that I was so much bigger than this pain that I was feeling. Number eight, stepping out of a situation provides so much clarity. This is something I've preached to a lot of people in my life and a big lesson for myself that a lot of the time we look at how a person treats us as very personal, whether we understand that on a conscious or subconscious level, we're in our body and we're directly reacting to how they've treated us, that sometimes it actually takes stepping out of the situation and looking at them as a person and understanding that that is them doing their best or that's the way that they were brought up. And it helped me heal with a lot of relationship trauma that I felt or, you know, even to do with my parents, being able to step back and see them as a a person, as a human that have gone through their own things was really, really crucial. I think in a lot of healing that I did this year, because I was able to see it and see it almost like I almost ended up feeling sorry and feeling, you know, sympathy for that person rather than feeling really hurt by their actions. And it really, like I said, it really, really helped me this year in terms of healing from some things that I hadn't healed from yet. Number nine, and this is a big one, stop playing victim, start taking accountability. This, I guess, goes again into like my whole healing journey, but this was huge kind of taking some accountability in things that I once blamed others for and realized that playing a victim to my own life was only hurting myself. And while it may have made me feel good that I was blaming others and making other people feel bad, I was having very, very shallow relationships, not only with other people, but with myself because I didn't know myself very well because I wasn't actually having like a hard look at myself and being able to take accountability and responsibility for my actions to things. I think I can also relate this to my relationship with my partner and looking at, you know, taking two people to work on things. And I feel like in previous relationships, I would always look at, you know, how their actions were affecting me. And this is the first relationship where I have kind of taken a step back and been able to take accountability for my actions and understand how, you know, things that I say or ways that way that I say something or things that I do may hurt my partner or may not feel very good to my partner. Number 10, my voice matters. And I feel emotional a little bit talking about that because for 24 years of my life, I subconsciously and consciously felt that it didn't matter and that it wasn't worthy of being heard. And I've stepped into this powerful position where I understand that me voicing how I feel 
isn't a burden to other people and that people that love me and care for me have space for my voice. But also, even if they don't, my voice matters and it deserves to be heard. And this, you know, comes down to speaking up about my emotions or speaking up about things that make me feel sad or speaking up about things that scare me or talking to other people about how their actions have affected me. I have never been able to do until this year. And I'm freaking proud of myself for learning that lesson and to have the ability to also pass that lesson on to other people because so many of us have been made to feel that way from being children and disregarding that and stepping into that and speaking up when I felt like I should just keep it all in and deal with it in my head has been so incredible and all I can feel is pride for that because that was so huge for me. My entire life, I felt as though that it's better for me to just deal with it on my own, deal with it inside my head and not speak up about how I was feeling. And I can recognize now and see how that has affected my relationships with other people as well, because they never truly knew who I was because I didn't speak up. Everything was fine. Everything was hunky-dory. How can I expect other people to get to know me very well if I don't even have the ability to speak up? And again, going back to lesson number nine, it was about, I'm going to stop playing victim to that's how I've been made to feel my whole life and actually take some accountability and speak up. That was my choice and that's, how, that's, how, that's affected me my whole life. But that stops here. I'm changing that. I'm not going to pass that on to my relationships. I'm not going to pass that on to my future children. My voice matters and so does yours. Number 11, my ADHD is the reason I felt different my whole life. So January this year, I was diagnosed with ADHD and oh my gosh, it really just cleared up a couple things, you know, like it just was able to answer some of those questions that I never really had the answer to and kind of explained why my brain worked differently to everyone else around me. It was kind of just like, I think I've spoken about this before, maybe on my episode with Casey where we touch on ADHD, but it was kind of like, you know, not knowing where you've come from your whole life and then finding out, you know, you're Italian and you can kind of find it. You're kind of like, oh, that's, you know, that explains, you know, my dark hair or that explains like why I felt different to all of my Australian friends or, or wherever you're from. And it was just finding that missing piece that makes me, me. And, you know, educating my friends and my parents on what it is to have ADHD and kind of breaking that stigma and also breaking that stigma for myself and understanding it has been so empowering. And I I love it. I, it sounds maybe sounds a bit silly to people, but I love knowing that that's a part of me and I love knowing that that's something that I have and you know, it's, it would be so easy for me to sit here and be like, oh, I wish I found out that I was a kid. Like as if I've gone this long without knowing about it. And again, stop playing victim, start taking accountability. Like it is what it is. I went my whole life kind of being really, really good at managing it. My psychiatrist was like, you should start talking 
you know, to other people with ADHD, you can life coach ADHD. And I was like, no, I cannot do that because I'm literally the ADHD baby. Like if we're talking about when I got diagnosed, like I'm only 10 months old. And he was like, Riley, you've literally gone 24 years of your life managing this without medication. So I think you're actually a bit of a pro and it, it's very true. Like it's, it's, it explains a lot, but knowing that it never stopped me and it's my superpower. It's something that makes me, me, I'm never going to see it as something that holds me back or, you know, is a burden or anything. Sometimes when a thought leaves my brain 0.3 seconds after thinking it, and I'm getting so frustrated with myself that I've already forgotten it, I can see it as a bit of a pain in the backside. But other than that, like it is my superpower and it makes Riley, Riley. And I love that about me. Number 12, turn anger into sympathy. And this very, very quick little quote actually holds a lot of meaning behind it. And again, I feel like all of these lessons so far, except maybe like the one about soy, (laughs) is looking at your perspective of things and changing how you look at things. Because turning anger into sympathy extremely limited the amount of anger that I felt this year, which is something that I always struggled with, was at a lot of anger issues as a kid. And I now know it was because I was literally holding in all my emotions inside because, again, I didn't feel like my voice mattered and I would have these episodes of explosive behavior. (laughs) Maybe that was the ADHD as well. But I, I really don't feel as much anger about things anymore. And a lot of the time that is turning it into sympathy. Now, I don't know if she listens. I would not be surprised, but we have this neighbor that lives below us and she's awful and she has, yeah, we've dealt with a couple of issues with her this year, but it's very easy for me to feel angry about how she's treated me. It's very easy for me to feel angry about how difficult she's made it to live in this apartment. And I would see her, you know, leaving the house in the morning and I would see her going down the driveway. And I used to be like, you bitch, (laughs) you bitch. And now I look at her and I'm like, I genuinely feel sorry for you because something must have happened to you when you were growing up, when you were a child that has made you feel like you need to bring down others to make yourself feel better. And I think I can relate this to, and perhaps my boss babes can relate to this as well, but you know, every now and then I go to the gym and I need to duck into the shop. So I go to the shops and I get literally so many Karens looking at me, giving me funny looks, turning up their noses because God forbid someone is walking in the shops in a sports bra and some leggings, like God forbid the world, how has it not ended yet? And I used to get really frustrated over it. And I still do a little bit because I'm like, just let me live my life. Like I'm not judging you on your freaking cardigan, Susan, but (laughs) I'm just very passionate about this. So excuse me. But instead of feeling angry and allowing that Karen to control my emotion and turn my emotion into something negative, I actually look at it as Wow, Karen, I really feel sorry for you that you're, you know, reminiscing of your 20 year old body and wishing you still looked like me. And you're wishing that you still had the confidence to wear something like this. 
that it's making yourself feel better by screwing up your nose at me. Because happy people don't bring other people down. It's just It just does not happen. When you're happy and you're content with yourself, you don't feel the need to judge others. So I feel bad for you, Karen. I feel bad. Okay? Go enjoy your Susan Gray. Go get your hot cappuccino from Muffin Break and let me live my life, okay? I'm just trying to get to Kmart. Thank you. Oh my God, speaking of coffee, <laughs> oat milk. Number 13, oat milk is the best thing on the damn planet. I, I'm trying to think why I had oat milk one day. I think actually I was going to Muzz Buzz and if you know me, you know that my old order used to be like an iced almond latte with the Muzz Buzz sugar-free syrup. Incredible. And I think I was there one day and they were like, sorry, we don't have almond milk. And I was like, okay, what else do you have? And they were like, full cream. Absolutely not. Soy. I think we know my feelings towards that. Or oat milk. And I was like, look, I've never tried oat milk. It sounds weird, but I'll give it a go. And I took a sip out of that straw. And when I tell you that my life changed for good, it did. So please... If you are going to take anything from today's podcast, let it be to take yourself to Muzzbuzz and get an iced oat milk latte with the sugar-free syrup. And you can thank me later. You can thank me later. I'm a size eight in shoes and my favorite designer would be Gucci. Number 14, you don't always have to prove you're in the right. Sometimes it's good to stay silent. I know one friend that is going to be listening to this and she's like, how do you do this? But sometimes staying silent is actually the better way to go. And this obviously contradicts my, my voice matters quote from before, uh, number 10, I believe it was, but in a situation where two people don't see eye to eye, rather than going to other people and trying to prove that you're in the right or that, you know, you did the right thing and that person's in the wrong. My mum, and I've said it plenty of times on this podcast, my mum has always taught me to handle things with grace and her little voice is always in the back of my head. Mum, I know you're listening and you're probably so happy with yourself, but handle things with grace and understanding that sometimes it's better just to keep quiet, keep your feelings to yourself and not feel like you need to make other people see your point of view and understanding that again, my map is different to theirs and different to other people around us. I don't need to prove why my map is best because that's just immature in my opinion. And I just feel like sometimes it's better for you to just have your opinion to yourself and not, not try and affect other people's relationships and just be like, look, This is how I feel about this situation. And if you don't see it that way, that's okay. Let's agree to disagree on this one. And also, I think sometimes speaking up and being really vocal about your opinion can sometimes make you look guilty or make you look like you're actually in the wrong because you're trying too hard to make yourself look like you're in the right. Whereas sometimes just, who is it? I just sit back and observe. There's a song and I'm pretty sure Drake sings it in one as well. Um, oh my God, what's the song? He says, I don't run a Twitter with the things I know. I fall back just to see how it unfolds. Exactly. He hit the nail on the freaking head there. Number 15, 
Good friendships mean you can pick up where you left off and feel like no time has passed. This year, I was so thankful to reconnect and make time to catch up with so many of my friends. I was going to say girlfriends, but I definitely have some guy friends there as well. And it just really put things into perspective of like how lucky I am to have so many cool people in my life. And as you get older, you know, you don't see your friends all the time. You can't see them every weekend, except Darren and I quite literally do. But it doesn't matter when it, when they're the right people and when they're, when they're the right friends and they're genuine friends, you may only see each other one to two times a year, but when you catch up, you can reconnect and you can chat about all the things that they've missed and not feel like there's any awkwardness or there's any like weird period of like falling back in. And it's just like, we've just picked up where we left off. We're just filling each other in, but it's like we, you know, we're hanging out yesterday. And I'm so grateful for those people that, you know, they're off with, you know, getting married or having kids or doing their own thing in terms of their career or their relationship, but we can catch up whether it's, you know, every six weeks or every six months and still get to check in and and see how we're going. And, you know, I am truly blessed, I think, and I'm not trying to toot my own, own horn here, but I actually have a lot of friends and it's one of those things where it's like, I only want quality friends, but I am actually genuinely so lucky to have a lot of really freaking awesome friendships. And I am so eternally grateful. And I'm so glad to be in a position where I can hang out with them and we can pick up where we left off. And it feels like no time has passed. And I think it's such an important lesson to recognize like how amazing those friends are. Cause you've got your friends that you talk to every day in your group chat and you've got your friend that you, you know, always go to when you have a problem, but then there's those friends that you can also hang out with, you know, eight months later and be like, oh my God, I've missed you so much. Like how's things going? And I think that's also like the great thing that we can acknowledge about social media and say like, you know, even though we don't chat every week, it's still nice to kind of get your little updates every now and then and see, you know, what, what's happened to you. So yeah, I think this has kind of also inspired me to like reach out to all of my friends and just send them like a little thank you message because bloody hell, genuinely so blessed to have all of you. Number 16, men are literally the worst. (laughs) And I already knew this in 2020, but I feel like they've really just set a new level of low this year. And, you know, I'm not a man hater. We love men. I have an amazing boyfriend and he does definitely not fall under this category. But some men, you really be out here doing the most, don't you? I just feel like this year I've just heard so so, so, so many stories about unfaithful men and, you know, people close to me, people on social media, people on podcasts, just hearing about the filth that fall under this category. And I know women cheat. I know women are snaky. I know all of this, but obviously being for the gals, boss babes podcast, predominantly women, you know, we hear a lot more about men and I'm just really sick of them in all honesty. And I just feel like it's, and I was even talking to Connor about this. So I think this goes to show, you know, how healthy our relationship is, but I, I genuinely know that Connor's obsessed with me and I genuinely know that he would not do anything to jeopardize our relationship. I mean, heck he's literally waited five years to have a chance with me. So I don't think that he'd be throwing it away, you know, in one night, B, 
but you just don't freaking know, do you? And it really makes it hard to trust men even when they are good because men could be doing all the right thing and look amazing on the surface and look like they're treating their girlfriends like an absolute queen and then sliding in everyone's DMs. So I just think it's really makes it hard to trust your partner when men are over here being absolute snakes. They need to go in the bin in 2022. Thank you. Number 17, don't stress over what you can't control. Focus on what you can control because you are going to literally burn yourself out. You are going to be so tired and so exhausted and express a lot of unnecessary emotions, stressing over things that you can't control. And again, this really does come down to perspective. And sometimes it means taking a step back from your situation, because when things are happening to you and you don't have control over it, you are right in the thick of it and you are feeling all of these emotions. You feel like you're drowning and it takes balls and it takes guts, but sometimes you just need to literally stop and try and remove yourself from the situation and see it from an outsider's perspective, not an outsider's perspective. Okay. Stutter come through, but almost like a bird's eye view of your situation and take some emotion out of it. So you can acknowledge what it is that you can control in this situation and what it is that you can't control because what, what you can control is what you need to focus on. Number 18, Saying it's not the right time is an excuse when you're in fear. It will never be the right time, so just do it. This hits me in the feels, you know, because I feel like so many people say that. And when you really look at saying it's not the right time, it is quite literally you pushing something back because you don't feel ready because you're scared. Because you're scared of going into the unknown, you're scared of failing, you're scared of even succeeding. Some people fear being successful. So constantly saying it's not the right time, you'll hear people say it is never the right time. Even, you know, having children, people are like, no, it's not the right time. It will never be that perfect time. So just do it. I'm not saying just go and have kids, all of you. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like stop. If you find yourself saying it's not the right time to do something, is it actually because it's not the right time or is it not the right time because you are scared? And you're feeling fearful of diving into something that you is unknown, is scary. It is scary, but staying in your box and staying in your comfort zone is literally going to get you nowhere. And if you stay doing that, then it will never be the right time because you will stay exactly where you are. I was like, I'm not ready to coach yet. I'm not ready to do it. It's not the right time. I need to wait. I need to, you know, try and get as much information as I can and feel really ready for it. And it just came to this point where I was like, Riley, you've been wanting to do life coaching for like five years now or something crazy. Stop waiting for that perfect time because it's not that perfect time. Put yourself out there, take a chance and just do it. And I mean, Freaking, it's been the best thing I've ever done because I finally feel like I'm exactly doing what I have wanted to do my, you know, entire adult life almost. I'm doing something with what I feel like I was put on this earth to do. And I've done it literally this year when I kept being like, nope, 2022, I'm going to do it. And, you know, who knows if I kept pushing it back and pushing it back. Two years ago, I was like, I'm going to start life coaching 
Did I start? No, I did not because I kept pushing it back because I was scared and I was telling myself it's not the right time because that stroked my ego. That would stroke my ego because I was basing it and I was blaming it on time rather than putting the blame on myself. And again, it's about taking that accountability and saying, it is never going to be the right time. Let's stop waiting for time to be ready and let's see if we are ready. And even if we're not, let's just do it. And, you know, back to what some of you were writing in about your lessons you learned this year was that it's okay for you to be doing multiple things. It's okay for you to change your mind. You're not a failure. But don't stay in your bubble just out of fear. Put yourself out there. Go outside your comfort zone. And even with one of my girls doing the coaching program, she spoke a lot about feeling scared to do different things because it means, you know, lack of control and not having control over the situations. And we kind of created like a bit of a bucket list of things that she can do next year that are fun to her and that she doesn't need to think about, you know, the consequences of them. What is actually fun to you? What is actually something that you want to do? Stop worrying about what other people think you should do or what society says is something that we should be achieving. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Do exactly what you want to do and just jump. Just give it a go. Number 19, stop taking yourself so seriously. I think if anyone can attest to this, it would probably be Dion that when we kind of talk about our friendship, I was the person that, you know, was very proper and couldn't do stupid things. And, you know, I think that came down to a lot of people worrying what people thought of me, but I just feel like life is way too short to be focusing on, you know, looking good all the time and your persona to other people and just let your walls down a little bit and let your hair down and dance around. Who cares who's watching you? Just stop taking yourself so seriously. Stop being so hard on yourself when you mess up. Stop thinking that you need to be perfect all the time because that's just unachievable and you're just going to be unhappy because you're never going to achieve that. Laugh at yourself when you do something silly dance around the room, whether people are watching or not, like go out to have a good time with your friends and just be silly. I feel like this year understanding myself and really getting to know who I am, which was huge. And I guess, you know, it's not a lesson that I've put on this list because quite literally, I think it's an umbrella to everything that's on this list was that I really did not think that I even really knew who I was. And I probably still don't. I'm probably going to spend my whole life getting to know myself. But this year was such a pivotal year for me in actually getting to know who I was. I was so invested in other people and how other people perceived me, but how do I actually perceive myself? Who actually am I? And I'm funny and I'm, I'm fun and I need to let down my hair once in a while and stop thinking that everything needs to be so serious and just laugh because In 70 years, when I'm looking back at my life, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm glad I was so serious. No, who's going to say that? You're going to look back and be like, God, remember that time that we did something so stupid and remember that time that we just couldn't stop laughing at ourselves or not getting so upset with myself when, you know, I don't tick all the things off my to-do list that day and not getting upset if I miss a day at the gym, not being so hard on myself and not thinking that everything needs to be so serious all the time laughing when you shouldn't be watching your favorite tv shows doesn't always need to be so serious 
Number 20, walking away from situations and places that no longer serve you is so good. (laughs) So this year I took a major, major leap of faith. I've done a podcast on taking a leap of faith and walked away from full-time work and a job that was no longer serving me. And it was scary. Again, probably told myself for a long time it's not the right time. And I finally decided to do it because it was quite literally stopping me and kind of delaying me going out and chasing my dreams and doing what I wanted to do. And it's scary. It feels very weird. It can feel frightening. It can feel like weird walking away. But It is literally you putting yourself first, which is so, so important. And I know people that have walked away from relationships this year because it wasn't making them happy or they weren't being treated right or respected. And at the time, it can feel really sad and it can feel scary and it can feel like your whole world is being, you know, turned completely upside down. But also see it as you putting yourself first and you controlling what you can control in this situation. And that's how long you stay. And it's about going outside of your comfort zone. Again, staying in the one spot out of fear. How can you expect to grow? And I think this is what's really good about this letting go ceremony is like, what is it that I actually don't want to take with me into this new year? Because perhaps you even haven't even really given that a thought. And I think walking away from my full-time job, you know, full-time work in general was taking up a lot of my time and energy that I wasn't able to invest that into the things that I saw for my career. But I also walked away from a situation that I didn't feel was serving me anymore. I felt like I wasn't enjoying it. I didn't enjoy being around certain people that were there. And I've had to walk away from relationships this year as well. I've had to walk away from patterns that have been passed down through generations of my family. I've had to walk away from expectations I've had of certain people. And it's scary and it's much like boundaries. It's hard. It's not easy. But the reward from it feels so, so good. And number 21, I am deserving of happiness and success and love. Because this is something that I haven't always believed. And it's been a big lesson this year, understanding that I've always thought, oh, you know, I'll probably never have a good relationship and I'll probably, you know, end up working for someone and not making the money that I, that I want to. And this year I've kind of had to call myself out on that negative talk. And I think that definitely comes from abandonment issues and comes from family trauma and it comes from the relationships that I've had in the past, but a big thing for me, and it was really hard to do this year was actually being like, Riley, this is good. Stop waiting for that other shoe to drop. Like you're in a happy relationship and it's okay. Like you deserve this because I think I was always thinking like something's going to happen, you know, or I'm going to find out something or the shoe's going to drop or we'll probably get married one day and we'll end, we'll end in divorce. And you know, it'll just be such a waste of money and blah, blah, blah. And I needed to stop that and just be like, Riley, just allow yourself to be happy. Stop with this self-sabotaging because that is quite literally what I would do. I would 
come up with a reason not to not to be with them or to cause an argument or because I didn't think that I was deserving of that happiness. And I'm still working through that, I think. I think that's something that I have really struggled with and I'm only really acknowledging that now that maybe that's something that probably I need to kind of take with me into this new year as well and continue to work through. But even in my coaching, like I didn't, some a, a little part of me probably felt like it was just going to flop and that I wasn't deserving of it doing well if it did. And it's almost like this imposter syndrome hearing the feedback that I've gotten from this program of girls being like, oh my God, like I've just changed so much and hearing all this amazing feedback. I'm like, wait, me, I helped you do that. So I think that's something that I need to remind myself of every day that I am deserving of happiness and I'm deserving of success and I'm deserving of love. But I definitely stepped into that power and felt empowered by saying those words this year. But it's definitely something that I need to continue to work on. And that's something that I'm going to focus on through my journaling and, you know, through my own healing journey, which continues no matter what. I think this year to wrap it up has been wild and, you know, (laughs) sorry to sound like everyone else's freaking Instagram captions, mine included when I post it, but There have been so many good and bad times this year, but honestly, the good immensely outweighs the bad. I had a couple of rough months, but I can wholeheartedly say that this year as a whole was freaking awesome. And it didn't go the way that I expected. It didn't go perfectly to plan. And there are still things on my goals list from this year that I'm yet to achieve and will be put on the next one or goals change and things change and relationships change, situations change. And this next year, I just am so excited to see what it's going to bring. There are so many exciting things happening to me and the people around me that I am just full of excitement and so giddy and excited. Just, yeah, I'm just so excited to see what everyone is going to do. I have freaking cool people around me that are just already putting in those stepping stones to set themselves up for a crazy wild year. And I cannot wait to see what what I achieve, what they all achieve and what you all achieve as being part of the Boss Babes Club. And I hope that next year I can continue to influence you or I can continue to even just keep you entertained for an hour and be a part of your journey as well, regardless of in what way that is. So You have all been a part of my journey this year and you've all made this year worth it. And you have been such a light in my life. I always appreciate your messages and you sharing. Oh my God, the amount of people that tagged me in there, like Spotify wrapped as well is just so freaking cool. And I'm so lucky that you've all given me this platform to share and, you know, ramble on and do be my weird self, but also, you know, in in an attempt at the end of the day to somewhat pass on my wisdom and my 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 guidance I guess um but yeah I think I just wanted to end end this episode by giving you all a big thank you and also just wishing you all a merry Christmas and a happy new year I know that this time of year isn't all sunshine and rainbows for everyone I know that this time of year can feel very stressful and can feel overwhelming and you may feel alone if you don't have family around or even if you do because 
I think we've learned this year that there are a lot of different opinions and sometimes those opinions on things or viewpoints on things can really cause some tension or frustration in families and friendships. So please be kind to yourself this time of year as well. Hug your family and friends just that little bit tighter and make sure that you reach out to those around you and ask if they're okay. In light of obviously this being a tough time for many of us, um, please, if you do need help or assistance, you know, after this podcast or at any time, please call Lifeline on 131114. And I will see you all in my next podcast. Bye.